This episode is brought to you by VinSmart. Need help with your recall campaigns? DMVs, government agencies, fleet owners can learn more by visiting vinsmart.com slash businesses or call 1-888-950-9550. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AmbaCast, everyone. This week, I'm having a chat with Spencer Moore. Spencer is the commissioner of the Department of Driver Services in the state of Georgia. And I'm very fortunate that I am sitting across the table from him in Georgia. Spencer, welcome to your first appearance on the AmbaCast. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. Well, I invited you to be a part of it because you were kind enough to invite me to Georgia. Um, we'll tell everybody where we are. We're actually in Macon. We are. And we're here for an annual event of DDS. Yeah, each year, uh, Georgia DDS does a annual manager's meeting. Uh, this year, uh, we had the great fortune of, again, being back in Macon. Uh, we didn't have it in 2020 because of the mm. pandemic. So this is our first opportunity to get back as a management team, uh, full full management team. So this is 200 or so of Georgia's leaders across the entire state. Uh, so we call it our leadership team. Uh, and we are here uh, essentially giving them updates about what's going on uh, at DDS, as well as letting them hear from uh, great speakers like yourself today uh, about leadership and what that means and how to promote it and how uh, to become better leaders so that we can be more successful for mm. uh, the customers that we serve. Now, you say it's an annual event. Has this been an annual event for many years, or is it a, a newer concept to bring everyone together? We've been doing this for approximately eight, nine years. Okay. Uh, as, a, as a general group, we've done uh, more local meetings where it's just a group of managers, but not holistically. Uh, so I came to DDS in 2012 as deputy commissioner. Uh, and one of the things that we wanted to do is find ways that we can talk to the entire team mm. at the same time, let them hear the same message, let them uh, have an opportunity to collaborate with people from different parts of the state. If you're in Savannah, for example, you're rarely gonna have the opportunity uh, to interact with a person from Blue Ridge, mm -hmm. which is a very north portion of our state. Uh, so this, allows for the opportunity of that team building uh, that's together uh, as a team, understanding, uh, again, the dynamics of the different spaces around our state, but at the same time promoting um, very, very uh, strategic thinking from our standpoint of leadership mm -hmm. and the corporate culture that we want to create here at DDS. Uh, we are always customer driven, but at the same time, my focus uh, as commissioner is we are always people focused. And the first people that we're focused on is our team. Hmm. Um, we, it's hard for us to make a good experience for the customer if we don't focus on first making a good experience for our team. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a big focus for me. Uh, and it's a big focus for the DDS culture uh, that we are starting from the inside out. Now, that makes a lot of sense. You know, on the other side, you know, I imagine there are some employees who go, well, I get that, I buy into that, 
but I'm going to go home and do that in our branch office. Why can't you just come to me? Why, why are you making me go all the way to Macon and talk to folks from other parts of the state when I really don't work with them day in and, and day out? I'm all for bringing the culture to where I am, sure. but you know, from the commissioner's view, why, why you think it's so important to have that across the board and, and bring people together that normally wouldn't talk to each other? Well, first of all, first off, we do have times and occasions where we go directly to our individual management team. I think that's a very big part of leadership as well, as, as far as meeting the team where they are, mm -hmm. understanding the dynamics that are occurring in their particular locations. But we found it very, very useful and successful to have an annual event where there's at least one time in a year mm -hmm. that we can bring all of our management team. So this is in all the business units within headquarters, all the local uh, 67 locations around the state, and those management teams, not just a manager, but those assistant managers, anyone in the organization who is leading another person, mm. we're wanting them to come to this event. Again, what it allows for me to do is first of all, thank them. Thank them for the tremendous service that they do for Georgians and all those persons who come into our centers. But secondly, it gives us an opportunity to train, uh, give some valuable input as to what culture we want at DDS. And, you know, believe it or not, when I'm walking through the room at an annual meeting and I have an opportunity to see our entire leadership team, they want to take pictures. Mm. Uh, they want to do uh, things that show uh, their commitment to our agency. Uh, again, we, we pour out as far as information to them, uh, but we also get so much back. It's that uh, reachability, that accessibility, uh, the ability to let them know that our leadership team is our leadership team. So mm -hmm. whether you're on the executive team or whether you're an assistant manager inside of a branch office, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You're still a part of a, our leadership team, and we need all of our leaders uh, thinking uh, alike in many cases, um, looking at situations uh, from a strategic focus, because we all get into that routine. Yeah. Customer comes in, uh, they come out, employee has an employee issue, it's, it's individual to that center, no. It's probably gonna be um, shared experience across our centers. So if we can talk about the fact that we wanna listen, and that's key for me, Always listening to our team members, understanding it. Uh, it is not a top-down mm -hmm. uh, driven approach. It is a uh, from fr from that front line up to a headquarters location where we listen, uh, hear their issues, try to respond to those, and give the best best possible um, answers to issues that they're having, mm -hmm. uh, trying to create solutions, but not so big as to think that we are an executive team and we have all the solutions sure giving them the opportunities to have a part in that solution yeah and that problem solving and you know, what i've uh, heard while being here this week a unique thing you, you mentioned this is the first time doing it in person obviously in a couple of years because sure. of the pandemic but you've also have a huge percentage of new managers <laughs> that you're that are getting together for the very first time you're exactly right and that's Surprising to some, um, I take really good pride as commissioner in knowing our leaders. And 
some would say, how in the world do you remember 200 people <laughs> uh, who are assistant managers and managers in their centers? This meeting is a large part of it. Uh, one person who I had not met, and they, we probably have 70, 80 new managers here. And what I like to hear from them is their personal experience. I found out uh, there was a person here who manages one of our North Georgia locations. Um, and she's new to our state. She came from California. Uh, she has three sons who played at Clemson, uh, and now they play at KSU, Kennesaw State University. Um, and I'm able to connect with that employee. I'll never forget her name. Uh, and one of the things that helps me remember uh, people uh, in our leadership team is just hearing about them, learning about their families, knowing a little bit about their history. Um, and you do this, quite frankly, by having events where you can come together. We do it sometimes in quarterly basis, but this is, again, um, all of our managers across the state. The pandemic was a challenge, uh, but one of the biggest challenges, like it is in the AMVA community, is we didn't have an opportunity to come together, mm -hmm. talk about uh, common experience, uh, get to meet each other. Again, I want people from all over the state knowing who their management leaders are. It's an opportunity, hey, we do it this way over in Columbus, which is on the west side of our state. Hey, we do it this way over in Tacoa, in the east side of our state. Maybe there's some strategies if they talked about it together that we can all be beneficial mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in the process of having a, a good experience for our customer. And so how do you come out of, you? it's only one day, there's only so much you could fit in one day. Uh, how do you use that as the launch pad to keep those conversations going in between an annual meeting. So it's not just this one shot in time, sure. but it's just, it's not unlike in the AMVA community, right? You may only come together certain times a year, but it's really meant to be the pivot point so that you can maintain in between. Absolutely. Similar to, to AMVA, uh, where there are regions, we have districts. Mm -hmm. uh, we have nine districts around our state. Um, three quarters of the year, we're going to have district meetings. So we're going to come together as smaller uh, management teams uh, have those similar discussions and then they roll up into what essentially is this annual meeting um, and again our main and sole focus is to reiterate everything that we talked about during those quarterly sessions we've done it virtually for the last you know 20 months mm -hmm. uh, because we could not get together in person but since 2019 and now coming down uh, here to make in, in 2021, you can just sense the the desire as a team to meet. Now, there's different comfort levels. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. we're in the, we are in the middle of a pandemic. Sure. And we uh, purposely got a bigger room. We had less people at tables. Uh, we gave uh, indicators as to your social mm -hmm. desires, all those things that you want to create. We did temperature checks for everybody who came into the room. So we're doing everything possible in order to make it a safe environment, but there is nothing um, like having in-person meetings where people can see the expressions on your face mm -hmm. um, and they can they can enjoy uh, each other's company and learn in the process. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is all about. And so what's been the feedback you've heard though? I mean, this is obviously everything you're talking about is what you're hoping to accomplish, why you do it, what you get out of it. What do you hear back on the other side from the managers after experiencing it or the feedback from managers who maybe have come in years past sure. and when it wasn't there 
Did you hear feedback about what, obviously you, you couldn't do it, it wasn't by choice, but nevertheless the impact of not being able to have it. What I typically have heard uh, and, and what I continuously hear is, first, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that we are able to travel to a mm -hmm. location, potentially stay overnight, uh, and then come to a meeting and enjoy it, enjoy the, the meeting's contact, content. But one of the phrases that I heard early on uh, when I came to this organization is locally owned and operated. Hmm. So locally owned and operated. From that standpoint, there was, we used to have decentralized training, for example. Hmm. Um, and how a team member was trained was based on the management style within that center. Uh, we changed that uh, shortly after I uh, came a part of the DDS team to a more centralized training uh, component. But very same concept is we don't want to be locally owned and operated. Mm -hmm. We want to have individual autonomy in some cases, and certainly we want uh, centers to have identity. But if I'm a customer who is happens to live in Kingsland, Georgia, which is closer to Jacksonville, Florida than it is in any parts of most of uh, you know the metropolitan Atlanta uh, of of Georgia, we don't we want that feel of I can go to Kingsland or I can go to Atlanta and I can have the same quality experience as a customer uh, that you would get in both places. Mm -hmm. The way that you do that, in my opinion at least, is you give opportunities uh, for strategic vision to be shared uh, and for leadership styles and, and leadership trainings to occur where everyone can get on the same page. So let's talk a little bit about leader, leadership training. You. Um were part of the very first class of the AMVA Leadership Academy a number of years ago, the inaugural class. I know you've been committed to um, bringing leadership training to the DDS. Obviously, the annual meeting is an opportunity for it, but how, how else is leadership training and manager development incorporated into the overall culture at the agency? Well, we have a, a number of ways that we do that. First of all, we have a phenomenal <clears throat> HR team uh, who has offered, uh, who offers uh, different components of management training uh, for our organization. Our new managers immediately go through uh, a training that is specific to learning the DDS organization, mm -hmm. learning our mission, uh, understanding our corporate values, uh, learning the, the, the vision of the organization. And then we supplement that with uh, great trainings. I'm a personal believer in in uh, the teachings of Stephen Covey, for example, mm -hmm. right? Seven Habits and then even the Eighth. Uh, but it doesn't so, so much matter which leadership um, tools you use so uh, as much as it is to ensure that treating, first of all, our team members in a way that is respectful, uh, that allows them to flourish. Uh, we're always accepting of new ideas. Uh, as management team, and we're ev always evolving. Mm -hmm. uh, as a team, we should be evolving. Uh, no no um, process remains the same. Uh, and the more we can emphasize it's okay that we didn't do, used to do this 15 years ago. Uh, we didn't think that was a great thing to do. Now you can reassess, let the team bring uh, those ideas up and say, yeah, we didn't do it 15 years ago, but it's the right thing to do today. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
and it and it works uh, because we give them a voice, uh, we let them have ownership. Uh, at the same time, uh, it's an ownership where we're it's it's uh, a shared ownership. It's not an individual ownership, and it works. So our continuous uh, management programs uh, help. Uh, we we have some opportunities to bring people to ANVA conferences, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's always a helpful uh, component of what we do. Uh, but as much exposure as we can get our entire team uh, to leadership training, to management strategies, to things that's ultimately going to help them become successful leaders in their centers, we believe that internal promotion will turn out to be a great mm -hmm. customer experience. And thus far, we've seen that occur. You've seen it occur in that you're, you're a lot of these new managers that are here this week, for example, there's a high amount of internal promotions or a, a mix? Well, we, we absolutely believe that in internal promotion, but in one, one of the things that I am most proud of is it doesn't, it doesn't matter if I'm dealing with a uh, corporate trucking company. Mm -hmm. uh, a major player in our industry in Georgia, such as a Home Depot or UPS, um, the feedback that I always get is, you know, we had a we we had a video clip of a person who's a news personality radio, uh, and she she described her experience much to be like Chick Fil A, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how can we help you? Right. Uh, we've created a culture where the customer matters, but we don't set out necessarily to talk a whole lot about the customer. What we want to talk about is our internal customers. Hmm. We want to we want to do everything that we can to create a, a work environment where people like coming to work. Uh, most DMVs across the country, like like ours, salaries aren't high. Right. Um, you know, benefits are okay. Um, at the end of the day. It's the leader of that local branch that's going to determine how many people you keep, mm -hmm. how many people uh, choose to move on. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to do everything that we can to create a culture where we're going to treat you right. And I hate to be so simplistic about it, but we're going to treat you right. And in return, we expect you treat the other person right. It's, it boils down uh, from my standpoint of that, that golden rule that we were all ta <laughs> taught as kids. Uh, and once that that takes hold, once it becomes a culture, once it's understood, once you know the commissioner, the deputy commissioner, the executive team, they go out, and it's not, hey manager, how are you today? It's, hey Patrick, how are you? How's mm -hmm. your family? Uh, how how are things going uh, in the center? Uh, it, you know, once that corporate culture of we care about you takes uh you know precedent then that customer walks in the door guess what our team will care about them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that's how we've been able to change um, a lot of things that over the years weren't successful i'm happy to say during the pandemic that 94.22 percent of our customers four million customers by the way who came in our centers since the pandemic and we're only a driver services organization. Right. We're not vehicle and driver. So if you just think about it, just from the driver's yeah. side, which these people only need to come in every eight years in most cases, but of course people have address changes, medical, 
um, certificates need to be updated. Um, all those things take place. But when you're able to serve that number of people, and 94.22% of them are served in 30 minutes or less in a pandemic, yeah, that's when you know uh, that you've created a culture uh, that is pretty successful. And so let me ask you the harder question, which is how do you know when it's not working? What, what signs do you see that go, ah, oh, that's... We need some work to do over here, or this is not working out, and we need to, you know, have a solution to fix that. What, what are some of those a, red flags? That's an absolutely great question. One of the things that we do is we have the immediate ability for customers who do not have a, a good experience to give us immediate feedback through a survey. So every actor, every in-person transaction, as well as online tra- transaction, we send out a pretty simplistic survey mm-hmm. uh, to tell us how your experience was. Uh, if we get back, and that's one of the things that it's not monitored by some uh, PMO um, person uh, within our organization, that feedback comes directly to the deputy commissioner. Oh, wow. And that feedback is brought to me immediately if it's not uh, on par with this type of service delivery. First of all, we, we correct the mistake. Um, we're not above apologizing. We're sorry uh, that you didn't have a great experience. And we know in the service business, especially uh, the type of service that we provide, sometimes no is a simple no based on laws, mm-hmm. uh, based on procedures, et cetera. So in some cases, you're just going to get that customer that's not satisfied. It's not, they're not satisfied um, on the basis of our, our interaction with our team. They're not satisfied because they could not get what they want. But this is what I tell our team, and, and it's something that I speak to often, being friendly, having a friendly demeanor uh, is something that we can always give. We all can't always give the customer exactly what they want in the case that it, it doesn't meet a certain law. Mm-hmm. But having a disposition where we're smiling uh, and we're being as proactive and positive as we can with that customer, it can sometimes turn that negative situation that you have to provide based on law into a positive interaction. Yeah. And we get a lot of that as well. Now, certainly just creating an environment where people feel valued and appreciated and like you say, if, if you treat your managers well and managers treat the frontline folks well, they will naturally, there'll be an environment of wanting to treat the customer well. Yes. In addition though, sometimes there's just some very traditional customer service trainings that help to really handle what, what you're getting at, which is say, saying no with a smile. Yeah, absolutely. So have you done things in the formal nature of that for, we for have the done, team? Uh, and, and we'll continuously always to do that. Um, customer service, we'll say this, uh, customer service is our number one priority. That's something that you'll see on a lot of different uh, things at DDS. Um, but we don't differentiate, again, the customer from being not only external, but internal. So customer mm-hmm. service is number, uh, number one priority, and we will promote that, um, the training that's going to focus on the external customer. Um, I, I'll give you an example of something recently that uh, we've been able to um, uh, implement in our centers uh, in, that, in, in that workforce is de-escalation techniques, right? Mm-hmm. How a customer, and we are in an, environment, in an environment, especially during this pandemic, where we see increased number numbers of, of hostile interactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I, my belief is people are on edge, and yeah. they have been on edge for the 
past several months. We've seen this in the airline industry. Yep. And no differently. We see it, obviously, uh, in our business as well. Um, so you need ways to figure out how to de-escalate that situation. Um, that individual starts to yell and talk a while. You start to whisper, and they have to bring that tone down a little bit to hear what you're saying. And we teach that routinely mm -hmm. uh, in our centers. And those are just a few techniques that right. we teach that helps to create good customer experiences. Because for me, uh, it's not just we, we want to de-escalate any situation before they get out of hand because just like anything else, uh, if, if one person uh, gets upset, then typically somebody else is also not getting what they want. And if, if there's a belief that we can yell or we can do different things uh, in order to get people's attention, um, that's not the environment we want to create. Right. Uh, we want to de-escalate those quickly. Uh, we want to create good customer service trainings. Uh, part of what we do as an onboarding process and our uh, new employees training is there is a there is a four hour block that is dedicated on customer service, how to give cu good customer service. So, and we're gonna attract those people naturally and through the hiring process. Uh, most of the people who come to us have some customer service experience. Mm -hmm. uh, we just want to tailor it to the DDS experience. Nice. And you know, you talk about how the environment has been changing the last couple of years, whether it's challenging customers. Sure. Um, also, as our business continues to evolve and change, and you're seeing this turnover in managers, and you know, we started a conversation with skills and training for managers, how do you see the going forward, you know, the kind of the next era, if you will, the types of, will the types of skill sets and the types of personalities for managers need to start shifting as well than maybe what we've traditionally seen in managers? Are you seeing a, a change in that uh, environment that different things are going to be asked of managers than maybe we've been used to in the past? Sure. I, I mean, obviously, uh, I think the entire world over the last two years with the pandemic has uh, changed from the standpoint of workers uh, in, in, I'll just call it frontline, um, they understand their, their value yeah. and they should yep. understand their value, right? So from that standpoint, we have to evolve. Um, you know, there are things that um, perhaps we were more stickler about uh, teleworking options, uh, things that you have to, can't do that necessarily for branch offices, but I'll give an example of something that I've felt very strongly about, and that is at the height of the pandemic, there were a number of our team members who did not want to be in the public se sector and have to interact because we didn't close, like many states. Uh, we kept centers open, uh, and we, we did adjust from appointment only, uh, or appointment mostly, I don't think we were ever completely appointment only, appointment mostly, to now we're in a position of no appointments. But it was really, really important for our team, um, our management team, to understand the, the situations of our, of our, of our em employees, our frontline workers. For example, you know, if, if that individual needed more time, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll call it mental health time, just time to yeah. decompress. We need to allow for it um, because at the end of the day, we can be, we can have a, a strong model and say, okay, you didn't come to work for two or three days and you can't meet this schedule. Uh, therefore, we're going to have to fire you. 
uh, or things like that, we didn't do that. Uh, we didn't feel like that was a, a good uh, leadership principle to, to, to practice long term. We didn't feel like that would help our organization. In some cases, employees altogether left for us to welcome them back 8, mm -hmm. 10, 12 months later because once they were over some of their fears, yep. they absolutely loved the work environment, uh, but they had to overcome that. And what I say when I meet those employees, when they're back in new employee uh, orientation, because it doesn't matter if you've been gone a month, two months, three months, everybody gets onboarded the very same way. Oh, so you're going to come right back through that new, new employee orientation because that's an involving process. We're evolving it. Um, as the months go by, so there may be something you didn't get you the there first time. Two months ago, it's different than it it's is different now. Yeah. to now. We're we're always evolving, but every single time I encounter that employee, I say, "Welcome back. We're we're happy to have you back. Mm. We're excited to have you back." And I, you know, for me, the workforce now is so open. Uh, there are so many opportunities. Um, one of the phrases that I like to use is, "Thank you for choosing us." Thank you for choosing us. Uh, and I'm saying this to an employee because there are options they could have. And, you know, it's my belief is if we show that humility up front, if we show that desire and, and, and human nature of we appreciate you, uh, that goes a long way. Yeah. The thank you for choosing us is a real interesting one because it's probably the biggest contrast with the customer view because yeah. the customer doesn't have a choice, right? right. It's going to be DDS. And so to create that environment where the your team can still choose to be as kind and patient and customer service focused when the customer really doesn't have a choice anyway. Absolutely. That's a real culture choice. It is. It yeah. is. It is. We've been very fortunate uh, in in getting uh, great team members to come aboard uh, to um, adopt the culture uh, and, and really be successful. Uh, so hopefully that will continue. Uh, we realize, just like every other DMV across the country, that it's a continuous process, improving process, mm -hmm. uh, evolution. Yeah. Uh, it's going to change. Uh, so some of the things that we're doing today, we may not do them two, three, four months from now. We'll learn new things. Uh, one of the absolute loves of ANVA is the fact that it's an it's a open uh, sh information sharing um, um, atmosphere. Uh, and so as I talk to administrators around the country, I'm always excited to learn what they may be doing, uh, see if those are some, there are some things that we can um, learn from their experience uh, and make it a part of the Georgia process. Uh, but we will always, as an agency, be focused on uh, our people first, our technology, and our processes. Great. Well, thanks, Spencer. I appreciate you chatting with today. I really appreciate the invitation to be down here and, and making with you for this limited time, which it was longer. But I'll look forward to saying welcome back <laughs> sometime in the future, either for me coming back here or having you back on the podcast again. We're certainly excited you could come down. We thought you were a very valuable part of that experience, and you're welcome to come back at any time. Oh, I can't wait. All right. Thank you. Thanks, you all, for uh, listening this week. Look at that. I dropped the y'all without even thinking about it. I <laughs> must be here in the South. So uh, thanks for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, and we'll see you all back here next week. Until then, stay well, everyone. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman.
Produced by Claire Jeffrey. Music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Recall Buzz, powered by VinSmart. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.